Welcome to the Fearless Women Podcast. We're inspiring conversations for the unafraid. I'm Janice McDonald, founder of The Beacon Agency, author and global champion for women. Why am I making this show? Because I want to share the inspiring stories of women leaders in business, arts and culture, politics and more with all of you. Hear how they've chosen to go forward and be bold and make the world a better place, even when it wasn't easy to do. Subscribe now wherever you find podcasts. Hey, everybody, I'm Janice McDonald. Welcome to the Fearless Women podcast. You know what's in my mind these days? (laughs) Money with the year coming to a close and 2021, which (laughs) can't come soon enough. You know, it's right upon us. It is so natural to think about the future and our plans. These last few months have many of us rethinking our values and priorities. Maybe you're thinking about how to shop more locally. Maybe you want to buy less. Probably you're evaluating how you spend your time and money. Maybe you're looking for ways to stretch every single dollar even further because, hey, you work so hard for it and you want that money to work even harder for you. Well, regardless of your current situation, all of us want better answers on how to make better decisions with our money. I'm excited to tell you all about my guest on today's show who thinks about money every day. (laughs) I know you're going to love hearing her story and the helpful information she has for us, as well as the twists and turns in her career so far. I'm going to tell you all about her, but first, thank you for tuning in across Canada and so many other countries like USA, UK, New Zealand, France, Ireland, and Australia, just to name a few. It's great to have all of you joining us. And I'm so glad that you love to listen every week to the inspiring guests we feature. These are important conversations with the unafraid and they keep our fearless community growing. So tell your friends to listen and yeah, follow us on Instagram. If you don't already have one, pick up a copy of my beautiful best-selling book, Fearless, Girls with Dreams, Women with Vision. You can find it at your local bookstore, online at Amazon, Chapters, Barnes & Noble, Target, you know the places. It's a perfect gift for the holidays. You can also always email us at fearlesswomenpodcast at gmail.com. And yes, if you love this show, show the love with a five-star rating. It's welcome and appreciated. All right, money, money, money. Let's hear from an impressive expert who has lots of practical wisdom to share. A warm welcome to Stephanie Wolf, who is the founder of Wolf Collective Wealth. We love highlighting local businesses. Welcome to the show, Stephanie. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. All right. So first up, you're a busy, busy person. You're also a mother. How have you been managing during these unusual times? Oh, oh yeah. 2020 has been quite the year. Um, personally, Uh, I think just as well as anybody else can, I think on Mm -hmm. the whole front, it's been a challenge, I would say, especially when, you know, having all the kids home with me for so long, that was, uh, there was good times, there was good days and there was bad days. Uh, Professionally, I would say things haven't changed as much. I would say it's just been an adjustment to my working hours, Uh, more evenings perhaps and earlier Mm -hmm. mornings when I have the children home, but just making those adjustments. So a lot of just putting some routines in place and continuing to push everything forward, but doing as best as you can and having grace with myself because like I said, some days are easier than others. So yeah, 
Kindness really matters now more than ever. Absolutely. So you're the founder of Wolf Collective Wealth. Tell us about it, why you love it and why you started it. It's a a bold step to go, you know, take that entrepreneurial journey. So you're going to tell us about what you did before that, but let's first, you know, right now, what are you up to? Why do you love it? And why did you start this business? Sure. Yeah. It's something, well, Money, yes, is something I've always been, it's been my entire career and what it's been built on. Um, I worked in the financial services for 15 years and I'll, I'll talk about that in a second. But yes, I did found my company called Wolf Collective Wealth about a year and a half ago, coming up on two years soon. Yay. And it, yay. <laughs> yeah. It was, uh, and it's really um, a source for women who are looking to take that next step in their personal finance, money management, and investing knowledge. Specifically for women, Stephanie, this is your focus. Yes. And I do that for a reason because all my years of working in the industry, um, I kept seeing the same statistics time and again. And Mm -hmm. there is a, you know, we all know about the pay gap, right? For every 80 cents that a woman earns, a man earns a dollar. But there's two that really stuck out to me that really drove me crazy. And that is that there's an investing gap, which means that women just do not invest at the same pace as men. And the second is the wealth gap. And this one isn't talked about as much, but it's one that gets me really passionate. And it's for every, it's that, that's the money that we keep, right? So for every dollar mm-hmm. that a man keeps, a woman keeps 30 cents. And those stats are real. And if you're a woman of color or a Latino background, it it becomes even less. And so there's so many reasons about why this happens. It's, you know, cultural, it's social, but it's so deeply ingrained almost in our society that women typically do not manage their investing future. And it's at no fault of their own. I just think it's a part of the financial industry. It was built by men for men. And, you know, it can still be really intimidating for women to approach that and, you know, feel that they can be quote good at it. And so that's why I'm so passionate about doing what I do. I'm basically, I've created a bridge to help women sort of have access to that world of personal finance and investing without the jargon and the judgment. So uh, it's, yeah, it's been an interesting couple of years. It's been amazingly rewarding, Um, but it actually, the transition happened when I was on maternity leave with my third And that's when I made the decision to become credited as a financial counselor of Canada and made the decision to, to start, you know, in helping the women that I coach and improve their financial lives. All right. So you have the accreditation, you're helping, you've got a a very focused approach and you want women to really think about their money differently. So what do you think we need to look for when deciding who to get advice from regarding money decisions, you know, who we turn to for help. How do we decide, Stephanie, what would you say to women? Think about the following things, which are? Yeah, I would say the first thing that you need to know is, well, what I would say actually, Janice, is that a lot of the women that come to me, they're professionals that earn, you know, are breadwinners, they earn significant incomes, and they don't feel comfortable placing blind faith and trust in somebody else to manage that money for them. Um, mm-hmm. So there's a level of education and knowledge that they're seeking at the same time, almost as a partnership in a relationship. And I think that's one of the big differences that you know women have when it comes to, to men with managing money. They want to understand what's happening so that if anything was to happen, they would be able to make those decisions alongside the person who is making those financial decisions for them. So I would say the very first thing to do is to educate yourself. And that's part of what 
you know, I do within my business, but there is so much resources out there for anybody to just pick one area that they're interested in and, and listen to a podcast or read a book or do something just to get a little bit more knowledgeable about it. But when it comes to the long-term planning, I think it's really important that you shop around. You don't just go with the first person that you speak with. You really want to find somebody who is going to take a holistic approach, who's going to look at your entire financial situation and your lifestyle as well. I think that's important and really connect with you on your goals. So there is a responsibility for you to be familiar with what is your why. Why are you doing these things? Why do you want to reach these goals and be very clear on your time horizon? So finding, I think at the end of the day, somebody that will be involved with you from the very beginning and help educate you and work with you along the way, it's really important. So finding that relationship. Um, I would say like, you know, one of the challenges that I see time and again is that women in particular millennials, there's some recent survey that have come out is that they're, they're deferring this long-term planning to, you know, their spouse or their partner. And, you know, it's really troubling because money has uh, so much power. I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's independence, you know, Money will bring you financial independence, which then in turn allows you to do what you want to bring you freedom in your life and that happiness, right? So deferring it to somebody else is is a bit of a of a risk. You're sort of giving something away. And when I think one of the stats I read said that they want somebody to take care of them. But I can promise you that it's going to be a lot easier if you just get involved now and understand what's going on, because then at the end of the day, you might have to be taking care of yourself. Women live longer. And anything can happen. We live very long lives and you just should know what's happening with your money. You started climbing the corporate ladder and then you landed your dream position Mm. with BlackRock as head of marketing for Canada. And that's the, I don't know, world's largest (laughs) asset management firm. So take us back. What was that like? And why was it your dream job? Yeah. Well, I'm not sure how far back to go because, um, you know, I never actually set out to work at BlackRock. It was just one of those companies that uh, I admired for so many years working in in financial services. I had followed Larry Fink on LinkedIn. He's the CEO, you know, for a long time and always respected their their white papers and whatever research they were producing. So I consumed a lot of their content for many years, you know, and uh, my career path was not completely linear. And I think it's actually serendipitous that I even ended up in financial services. I didn't set out, uh, you know, with a goal to do this. I was actually, I graduated from university as an English major. And a couple of years out of university, I actually went to live in Sydney, Australia. And I happened to work for Westpac, which is a bank there. And I know Westpac. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so I, I attained some skills there, some marketing skills, and I came back to Canada and um, didn't really understand what Franklin Templeton or who Franklin Templeton was, but that was my first job that I had mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> applied to and I was interviewing for it. And it turns out the hiring manager was from Australia and happened to know the person who had hired me in Sydney. So it was a very interesting turn of events. And uh, I landed my first entry-level position at Franklin Templeton here in Canada. And the career sort of continued, you know, as there was a lot mm-hmm. of I'm a very competitive person. So I guess you could say I took on a lot of hard work and there was a lot of late nights and taking on stretch projects, but I also surrounded myself with a lot of mentors. I was very, very lucky to have 
both male and female mentors in my life who really guided me in my career and the decisions that I was making to help me sort of perform at my best. And when that senior role opened up in advertising and marketing at BlackRock, I, I just couldn't pass it up. I mean, it was like a dream job come true. What's one thing you think everyone needs to know about money? The one thing I think everybody needs to know about money is that it's um, it's a tool. I think that is a really important thing to keep in mind. Uh, money is something that will help you get to where you want to be in life. It's easy to get caught up in the emotional attachment to money because we often associate either negative or positive emotions, depending on what's happening with our finances. And you want to be able to sort of separate those feelings and really, at the end of the day, think about how that money can serve you. And so I would say it's important to to separate the emotions, which can be difficult because sometimes they're almost unconscious or subconscious beliefs that you have around money that can lead to that. What's something you wish you knew earlier from that corporate career or in terms of leadership? Mm, I would say that I'm all for building careers. I think it's it can be extremely fulfilling, but to never let it be all-consuming. I think that's an important takeaway, especially for women. I would say that I lost a part of myself in the few years that I was in corporate. And when I say that, I meant like mm-hmm. I... I was so immersed in the world of accelerate, like I said, I'm highly competitive and accelerating my career. I wish I could just go back in time and tell my younger self to remember what brings joy and lead from that place. I think that it's really important that you also are aware of who's helping you around the, uh, along the way as well, too. I think that's an important takeaway. But, you know, I think that if I didn't get pregnant with my third when I did, I wouldn't have had that time to really reflect and think about what was next for me in my life. And, you know, I think that that leave of absence that I had on maternity leave is really important and that I wish more people would take the time to do that in their corporate lives now, because you get so caught up every day that it's really important to just take that moment and think about what am I, am I doing what I truly want to do? And is this bringing me joy? Um, you know, I'm not sure if this is a North American culture thing, but I just feel that we can give a lot of ourselves into that side. And I think it's important to remember, you know, why we're doing what we're doing. That idea of, uh, I know that Robin Sharma, the Canadian author and leadership guy talks about using joy as a GPS to guide Mm. your life. You Mm -hmm. know, the things and people and places that, that give you joy. You talk, Stephanie, about having mentors and also being aware of who's helping you. Can mm-hmm. you say more about that? Yeah, it's um, it's been incredible, actually. I think back to even my very early days in my career and the people who at the time I didn't realize were mentoring me, <laughs> that were my mentors. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's those people that uh, you can see that look like where you want to go. And I think that's really important as you move through your careers to find others that you can relate to or say, I admire this person. I like what they're doing. And, you know, and even if you don't get a chance to actually speak with them, you can still be mentored from a distance, if that makes sense. Um, But I think that it's really important to, to recognize those people that are there to help. And, uh, you know, most people want to to help. (laughs) I think they're that um, don't underestimate the power of networking and uh, connecting with others that uh, you respect, because 
oftentimes, you know, there can be a relationship that can be built from that. And so early on in my career, I was part of the Women's Executive Network. And uh, through that, I was partnered with a wonderful woman named Greta, who to this day is still my mentor. And she brought so much wisdom and such a different perspective into my life as to how I was managing my career. And she wasn't you know, she wasn't somebody that I worked with. She was an outside source uh, who still had experience in the financial service industry. And her advice was was fantastic. And it's um, something that I now give back as well myself. So I do sit on uh, women in ETFs. Um, and I actually just recently uh, started uh, on the working group for the Prosperity Project in Canada because COVID-19 has had a huge impact on women and um, in the workplace, in fact, displacing them. And we're set to erase a lot of uh, the work that we've accomplished in the last 20 years. So um, I'm working on a mentorship and coaching program for that as well, just to make sure that we can maintain our momentum as opposed to, to taking a step back in time. Yeah, Pamela Jeffrey, and I know many of the other women that founded, co-founded the Prosperity Project with her, and uh, we're hoping to have her as a a guest on an upcoming show, but very important work, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I love that you've highlighted the power and importance of not only mentoring, but building your network as well. Mm -hmm. Here's a question for you, Stephanie. How do you handle criticism? What's your strategy? How do you approach it? (laughs) (laughs) Well, when I was younger, I will say that I actually had a difficult time with criticism. And I think that was just pure, you know, just being young, young and not being able to to handle it. And I think um, it was something that one of my mentors actually helped me with as well is that can't always take it personally. But I would say criticism is extremely important in order for you to get ahead and improve in the areas that perhaps you don't see the blind spots, maybe that you're not aware of. I value it immensely to this day. And if it's the challenge, I think right now as an entrepreneur on my own is deciphering what is constructive criticism and worth implementing and to listen to versus what is the criticism that is perhaps not, you know, maybe, you know, coming from online and is kind of a, a troll or whatever it might be, because I am now more exposed on the public side. So it's, uh, I would say in the corporate life, the criticism, you know, doing 360s and reviews and constantly having assessments of your performance and where your strengths are, I think is really important in order for you to, to accelerate. As an entrepreneur, I will say it has been a bit more of a challenge for me to decipher what you know, which criticism I should be taking. So I do value the work that my coach, my personal coach has helped me with and um, staying focused on on that constructive criticism at the moment. And what about compliments, Stephanie? How are you with taking compliments? <laughs> That's a good question because it's something that I still work on all the time. I'll be completely honest. Um, I actually recently did a keynote close podcast interview for Women and Wealth Conference and it was about imposter syndrome. And I was speaking with uh, two other phenomenal women on this panel about imposter syndrome. And imposter syndrome is really when your facts don't match the belief that you have in your head about your accomplishments. And, you know, acknowledging and accepting compliments in your life is so important to your personal growth and to your feelings of worthiness and to just say thank you and take it. And I think over the years, this has been something that. I have ignored 
And I've realized I've become much more conscious now of when somebody would offer me a compliment, I would just be like, yeah, okay. You know, and, and not even really pay much attention to it. Sure, sure, sure. But now I actually will listen to it and say thank you and appreciate that moment at that time and, and acknowledge it for myself as well. You know, I think that imposter syndrome, I don't know if you've talked about this on your show, but especially for women who who are quite ambitious and who, who go out there and they just, they do things, they make things happen. I think sometimes we do struggle with this, these feelings that can perhaps hold us back sometimes. And uh, accepting compliments is one way to help battle that. So what about a time you were fearless, Stephanie? Mm-hmm. I would say starting my own company, <laughs> perhaps with Pretty three fearless. kids and a mortgage. Abs- <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's yeah. bold. Yeah, it was, it was pretty bold. Um, you know, but I think saying it's fearless. I mean, there's, there's almost fear, there's fear in a lot of things that you do. And I think the only way that you can create fearlessness in your life, I think is to really take that, to take those steps and just push through that fear and just know that things are going to be okay. Like you can always fix things, right? If they don't go the way as planned, it's okay. You've learned from that experience. And, you know, I just, uh, I never saw myself as an entrepreneur, but I knew that I was capable and I knew that I had really strong supporters behind me to launch the business. And I am really passionate about what I do. And I think that has to be a really key part of being fearless is that, you know, you know, you feel it in your bones. This is something that feels good to you. This is something you can do to help others and serve and be of use. And so I think that's part of it, but probably starting my own company, that would probably be a big one. Very big step. And and again, it's not the absence of fear. It's no. essentially feeling the fear and doing it anyways. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. So take us back. Where were you living? What were you into when you were a young girl around 10? <laughs> oh, I was such an introvert. I think of, when oh. I tell people that, they're very surprised, but I was extremely shy, a uh, very shy child. I lived a very sheltered life in rural Ontario. I lived on a farm, actually. And I guess, I mean, if I wasn't exploring forests, like that's what I did, I would go off and roam on my own because we didn't have, uh, we had like three, three TV channels, I guess you could say. Uh, I had my nose in a book. So I used, uh, I had a very vivid imagination and, you know, it creates stories in my head. And are you still an avid reader? To this day. Yeah. I read. What are you reading right now? Uh, the book that I'm reading right now, it's actually called The Couple Next Door. And I'm a huge lover of fiction. And this one is quite a, it's a thriller sort of whodunit. Absolutely love those books. So I probably read a book a week on the fiction. And then of course I have my stack of all the investing books and the entrepreneurial books, business books as they go through as well. So one of my favorite books right now on investing is uh, Larry Bates Beat the Bank. Mm -hmm. Fantastic book. I would recommend it for any Canadian who just wants an intro into how the financial service industry works in Canada. And he mm-hmm. explains it in such plain language that it's anybody can get through it. And he's funny. He's funny as well. So it's not a boring read. And then Stephanie, for non-Canadians, just a more general investing book, what would you recommend? I will teach you to be rich. Mm. Ramit Seti. Yes. Mm-hmm. That is a good book. I agree. Mm-hmm. That one is good because again, it's uh, it's very systematic. It goes through what you need to learn about. Um, yeah, both two very good books I would recommend. 
That's amazing. So any misconceptions about money and investing that you want to debunk for us? And then really kind of those uh, action items that you want people to think about as they're closing out a year and, and making their plans for the year ahead? Yeah, I think one of the things around investing is that I think people need to keep in mind that there is going to be a level of risk, but it's not like gambling. I think there's this um, sort of bad rap that investing gets that it's so risky and, and you can lose so much money. But I think that comes from it, you know, feeling like you don't have control over mm-hmm. what's happening. But when you know what you're doing, you, there is a degree of control that you can have. And historically, over time, the stock market has gone up. So there's going to be bumpy rides and unpredictability. 2020 has been a really interesting year on the stock market. Um, And we've seen significant growth just in the past month in November on the news of a vaccination, you know, and that's something to keep in mind is that the stock market is always forward looking. So it's been very positive uh, as we close out 2020 so far. So I think it's just important that, uh, you know, thinking about investing for the long term is one of the most important things you can do because, at the end of the day, you have to outpace inflation. You need to get a return on your on your wealth. And I don't know about you, but I'd like to enjoy my retirement. <laughs> and the only way I can do that is if I get my money to be working for me. And one of the best ways to do that is through investing. And so, so aside from books, are there any other resources that you'd like to share for people who feel like, hey, I need to learn more. I realize I don't know enough. Mm-hmm. Um, can you point them in in any other direction? Oh, shameless plug. I have a podcast <laughs> called the Collective Wealth Podcast. We talk about money. I've interviewed some fantastic uh, personal finance experts as well. Um, but I would say start with podcasts. There is so much out there. Um, other resources would be to speak with speak with those who you trust, right? Just start the conversation. Women would rather plan their funeral than you know talk about money. But I encourage you with some close friends to sort of Approach that subject and ask them, you know, do you invest? Do you understand what's happening? And just get comfortable talking about it with close friends and family. I think that's, you know, breaking down those traditional taboos around money and investing is a great place to start as well. Just to know that you're not alone, right? Like there's a lot of people that have a lot of questions and nobody wants to really talk about it. (laughs) So definitely, you know, get out there, read some books, listen to podcasts and, and start the conversations. Beautiful. So final question, Stephanie, what's your dream for the world? Mm, I want to see that wealth gap close. I would love to see women keeping every dollar that a man keeps. That's, that's my ultimate dream and what I would love to see. I don't know if it'll happen in my lifetime, but we can definitely make the strides to get us closer to that. I mean, women have done so much in terms of, you know, their education, advancing education and, earning their incomes. And so I would love to see them close that gap when it comes to also building their wealth potential as well. A beautiful dream for the world. Let's get equality of pay Mm -hmm. (laughs) and wealth. I love where you're going with this, Stephanie. It's fantastic. You've been listening to the amazing Stephanie Wolf. She's the founder of Wolf Collective Wealth. Absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so much for joining us today, Stephanie. Well, thank you for having me. It's been so much fun. Thanks for listening. We want our community to grow. Tell your friends, follow us on Instagram, and sign up for our newsletter at fearlesswomenpodcast.com to get the early scoop.
Thanks again to our amazing sponsors, BDC, Lockheed Martin, and Export Development Canada. Subscribe in Apple Podcasts or in your favorite app. And if you like what you hear, give us a five-star rating. I'm Janice McDonald. Stay fearless. Thank you to Export Development Canada, the international risk experts, for your support of the Fearless Women podcast. Supporting Canadian companies of all sizes succeed on the world stage. EDC takes your worries away and helps you grow your business with confidence. When your business has no borders, neither does your potential. Find out more at edc.ca slash women in trade. Thank you to BDC, the bank devoted exclusively to entrepreneurs, for your support of the Fearless Women podcast. We love smart companies that want to amplify women's voices. For more information, go to bdc.ca slash women.